0: My name is Robert Norris. This is our beginning beekeeping presentation number one for Ad Agra 2022. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, And let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, most Holy Father, please give us uh, your insight, your purpose, and your reason for life. Uh, Come help us understand and uh, to be able to see truly uh, your hand of wonder as it has created the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I'd like to start on this uh, beekeeping series and go through the seasons. And uh, since we're we're starting off as beginners here, we're going to start with really our, our first winter, because winter... For the beekeeper is uh is our downtime, and since most of you don't have your bees yet, this is where we're gonna start and really, you want to start by educating yourself, uh, find books, beginner books, um, watch videos, beginner videos on YouTube or wherever else um, and also see if there's a local bee club. There's uh, lots of resources that are out there that uh, you can expose yourself to you know maybe you have friends or neighbors uh, in your area that keep bees that can kind of take you under their wing as well it's always good to have somebody that uh, you can call up and talk to Uh, and before you actually start spending money on bees you want a really good idea as to what you're getting into You, like anything else, whether it's gardening or any other project, you don't want to um, spend a a bunch of money, uh, throw bees in a box, walk away thinking that they're just going to produce hundreds of pounds of honey for you, because it'd be just like throwing a handful of bean seeds at the ground and expecting this huge crop to come out of that, and it's just not going to happen. More beekeepers fail because they think it's just going to be this magical process, and like anything else, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of uh, education to really kind of understand what's going on, so so we'll go from that, uh, do what you can to, to get a pretty good grasp as to uh, what you're getting into. And, So what I wanna start with is um, looking at equipment, looking at uh, what's actually in that hive when your bees are are in there and going. Um, So first of all, let's start with the beekeeper's equipment. Your equipment is going to be composed of a possibly a, a B-suit, which is a full set of coveralls uh, with, a, uh, with a, either a Velcroed or a uh, zippered-on hood that covers your whole head. Um, you can go that route. Those uh, full-body suits are a little bit more expensive um, than simply a veil that uh, fits over a hat. Uh, You've got gloves, uh, you can get a hooded jacket. uh, But all of these things are basically your protective gear. And it's really probably a good idea to start with protective gear so that you get comfortable with uh, working with the bees without having to worry about um, getting stung so much as, as you learn about the bees ankle straps. Uh, Velcro ankle straps really do help. Um, The first time I actually got uh, stung was I wasn't uh, paying attention to what I was doing. and had a bee crawl up my pant leg and sting me, and uh, I was trying to be really careful, but I had just forgot about tucking my pant legs into my socks. I mean, that's the simplest way to do things, but uh, after I got stung that one time, uh, I kind of had an epiphany, and that is you know what, you keep bees, you kind of get stung sooner or later, so so kind of get over it. Um, Also, other than your protective gear, uh, a smoker, a hive tool, which is essentially a glorified paint scraper, uh, and a a, kind of a a prying tool to get your frames out of your uh, out of the boxes, and then also a bee brush. It's a very light uh, long bristled brush used for brushing bees off of the frames that uh, uh, (coughs) frames of honey that you might be taking from the hive later on in the season Um, accessories to your equipment will be fuel for your smoker um, camera small container maybe for putting burr comb Uh, burr comb is is beeswax comb that the bees will often put in obnoxious places in your hive that you want to scrape off so that the frames just don't get all glomped together and uh, you know maybe a bucket or something to keep all your gear in when talking about equipment so as time goes on you'll find out that uh, you'll get more and more familiar with bees and you can actually be a better beekeeper if you're not wearing a lot of protective gear. So one of the very first things that I encourage people to to lose is the gloves. Now this does expose your hands, but, uh, but with exposed hands, you'll learn to work through that hive much more careful, and uh, you'll be able to feel the bees on those frames as you're picking them up and uh and you'll be able to kind of brush them out of the way so getting rid of the gloves uh you can become a much better beekeeper <clears throat> and uh also you know over time if you've got uh if you've got good bees there's really no need to be Keeping yourself locked up in the into this uh, this great big suit or whatever. There are times when I still use my veil. Uh, various seasons uh, that the bees are a little bit more aggressive, but by and large, I really have uh, a lot of nice bees, and I rarely have to wear any sort of protective gear with my bees. And I think I'm running about forty. To fifty colonies right now, and uh, as I started out, I bought two Italian uh, packages of bees, and all the bees that I have now are are from swarms and from cutouts, for wild bees that uh, have have cut just been living out uh, on their own in the land. So, uh, so. Looking forward down the road, what you will, will, what you will be considering is starting off with uh, the equipment. But but over time, you're going to relax a little bit. You're going to start getting to know the personality of your bees. There's there's actually evidence that shows that uh, bees can recognize faces. Actually, so if you treat your bees uh, nicely, you know perhaps. Uh, over time, they will get used to you working them. They will know your smell. They will they will know who you are. Um, but again, it just depends on the temperament of the bees. As far as equipment for the bees go, um, the one thing that the bees want is a nice, happy home, which uh, is a full hive consisting of a, a base, a couple of deep uh, boxes, And over top of our standard two-deep boxes are what we call supers. Uh, These are, these can be, I should say, these can be shorter boxes. Um, We have boxes that are called mediums that are about six or so inches uh, deep. And then there are shallows, which are about five, uh, in the five-inch range deep. Typically, um, uh, we use medium boxes, uh, to collect our honey in for the reason being that a, a deep box in the olden days, they just had these heavy deep boxes. And one of the, uh, a full deep box full of honey could weigh 80 or 90 pounds, which is just, that's too much really to be moving around without hurting your back. So by using shallower boxes that uh, when it's full of honey may only weigh 40 pounds, you know, that's somewhat reasonable. Um, There are also shallow boxes, like I said, typically these really shallow boxes I will use, I've got a few of them, and I just use them for producing comb honey, so uh, (coughs) that's what I think quite a few people will use the shallow boxes for is producing good comb honey. Another uh, piece of equipment for the bees would be a queen excluder, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Basically, a queen excluder is just exactly what it says it is. It, it It's like a wire mesh that keeps the queen from going from one side of that excluder to the other. So Typically we will put it on the hive when we want to exclude the queen from laying eggs in the upper boxes where we want them to put the honey. And then on top our supers we have uh, an inner and outer cover that fits over the top. As far as accessories to this this happy little home that we're making for the bees, we've got feeders. bees at some point in time um, are probably going to need to be fed. If if they're a late swarm, if they just haven't been able to uh, uh, gather enough nectar for uh, for the winter, you're you're going to have to feed them. Or um, the other option is just to combine them with another hive. So, uh, and as far as feeding goes, um, it uh, the the best thing really to feed them is the uh the the pure cane sugar uh, rather than beet sugar um, we've got pollen patty substitutes, which are a substitute uh protein veg uh plant based proteins that will feed the bees um, we've got entrance reducers and screens to keep the mice out as we're preparing our hives for the winter. Tar paper. Uh, Tar paper works fairly good for wrapping the hive in the winter to keep the weather out. And then also uh, one other accessory will be mite treatment, and we'll again talk about that later. Uh, There is something else that uh, I want to discuss as we're looking at our bee equipment here. So, So the frames that are inside of a beehive have a foundation in them. So in your standard equipment, there are 10 wooden frames in each box of, uh, hive box. And in that frame, uh, there are what we call a a piece of wax foundation is, uh, is one option. Uh, this, this wax foundation, as you can see, has <clears throat> the honeycomb embossed the pattern printed on on it and just pressed right into it and you notice there are wires in that uh, in that wax to hold it so that it doesn't uh, melt out or disfigure or misshape itself so the bees really do like the the pure beeswax foundation they take to it they know what to do with it Um, the disadvantage of of regular just plain beeswax foundation uh, whether it's wired or not, is over time, it does get old. Um, mice can get into it. If you get mice in a hive, they can chew great big holes in it. And also wax moths, <coughs> which are usually a problem when you're storing empty hive equipment. And uh, these wax moths are like really big pantry moths. They will get in there and they'll just eat that wax all to... Uh, just delta bits and and ruin it <clears throat> but uh, but like I said, the bees really prefer that that wax foundation so if you are just planning on having a few hives i I would definitely suggest using um, this this wax foundation. The other alternative is a plastic foundation that has been wax coated uh, the advantage of the what plastic foundation that has been wax coated is, that it essentially will last forever. The the bees can build their comb out on it. um, If the comb gets old and uh, just time to be replaced, you can pop that wax foundation out of the frame, throw it out on the driveway and pressure wash it down to just um, just bare plastic and then you can re-coat it Using uh, some melted beeswax and just a, f- a four-inch foam roller, and typically it does help to coat them more than they come with. That they typically they don't have enough of that uh, that wax uh, coating on them when you order them from a bee supply. Typically, I'll always put more of a, of a heavier wax coating on it, and then the bees take to it just fine. Excuse me. Um, Another thing I just want to discuss, real quick, is uh, typically if you buy equipment that is unassembled, uh, the nails that they provide for you to put the frames together. I have found aren't really the best nails. You want to use wood glue and uh, the nails that I prefer to use. If I'm just doing a few hives are what are called uh, paneling nails. You can get those at any hardware store Lowe's Home Depot or your local hardware store paneling nails come either an inch or an inch and five eighths inch long. And they're what we call ring shank nails. They have little ring grooves all around them from from the head to the point. And, uh, like I said, you want to use the inch and five-eighths ring shank paneling nails. They just work really good for for tying that equipment together. Um, And... uh, So those nails work much better than the ones that come with with the kits to put stuff together. And another thing to uh to just bring up here your standard uh, hive equipment is uh big enough to hold 10 frames, but for those of you who are small, maybe uh a little bit lighter weight, they do make 8 frame hive equipment that's smaller. <coughs> that uh, makes it a little bit easier on a smaller person to be able to lift and to move around and one thing else I just want to cover real quick is uh, when it comes to to, to treating your wood or to painting your equipment um, only paint the outside of your hives uh, you can paint the edges of your of your hive box <coughs> but, but don't paint the inside, don't paint the wooden frames. The bees just do not like, uh, that smell inside their hive. So, so only paint the outside of, of whatever, uh, equipment that, um, is going to be part of that hive. You can paint the outside of the, of the outer cover on the top, but don't paint any part of the inside of the inner cover or, or the inner cover lid um, as well. You can paint the edge that's exposed to the outside, but nothing on the inside. As far as location goes, um, if you live in a hot part of the country where it gets fairly warm in the summer, think about putting your bees where they're going to be shaded, a little bit shaded in that afternoon hottest part of the day. You want to think about putting uh, the bees in an area where they can have 10 to 20 feet of a flyway in front of their hive. So, you know, don't put (coughs) hives along next to your driveway or where people are gonna be walking, you know, sidewalk. (coughs) You want uh, the area in front of that hive open so the bees can come and go without um, getting in people's way or pets way Another thing to think about too is, is swimming pools, bird baths, leaky faucets will all become targets for the bees looking for a source of water. So as to establish bees, if you have a bird bath, uh, you might cover it up for maybe a month or so, at least a few weeks while you're establishing uh, uh, your, your, your bees residence. Because you want the bees to find a natural source of water. If the first thing they find nearest to their hives is a bird bath, and they're gonna, they're just gonna tell everybody there at the hive that that's where the to find water, and and uh, and the birds are always gonna be fussing with the bees. So then also think about hummingbird feeders. Um, bees like sugar water, and hummingbird feeders have sugar water. So. Um. <clears throat> so, that's kind of something to think about as well. Um, so we've talked a little bit about equipment, getting equipment, you've, you've made a decision where you want to put the hive, and uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, ordering and installing uh, our bees. So typically you will get your equipment all ready um whether you're buying it fully assembled or buying it in pieces it's always fun i think to uh buy it in parts and pieces and put it all together but uh so your 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 hive is all put together it's sitting out where it's going to it's going to be as far as its own permanent home um and you've got your protective gear everything is ready so usually uh bees are ordered in the, in the in the fall and winter time and they are delivered usually in the early spring sometime maybe uh march or april there's usually two different ways that we can get bees we can order packages of bees which typically are just this uh shoebox size uh wooden package as you can see with the screen sides on both sides And typically that will hold three pounds of bees. Uh, That's your standard package of bees. And it's running, oh my, you know, the the price for bees has really gone up in recent years. So you're going to pay, you know, maybe a little under $200 for that package of bees. Now what you will get in that package is about three pounds of bees. There will be, as you can see in this, uh, this package here, There's a a tin can. What that is, is a can of sugar feed that is feeding the bees while they are in transit. And then also there's a little cage that is inserted into that package that is holding the queen. And the reason why is the queen came from a different place than the bees came from. So the, the people who put these packages together, they are uh, dropping bees into this package from several different hives usually. And uh, while they're busy putting packages of bees together, there's somebody on the other side of their apiary uh, doing nothing but harvesting um, uh, uh, laying queens that have been produced just for this uh Um, for this package. So the the queen is uh, is kept separate so that they don't see her as a foreign queen and try to kill her. Um, So, first thing what we'll do when we get this package is we will just very carefully set it aside. We'll open up our hive and we'll take out maybe about four frames out of, out of our hive. And we're, we're really going to start our hive with only one of our single deep boxes. That's all the hive is going to be at this point. So you can put away the extra boxes, the second deep and the, uh, and the mediums. Those can all be stored for right now. We just want that one (coughs) deep box and we're going to pull about four frames out of that. And, uh, Uh, set these frames down on the side and then we're going to go back to our package of bees. So what we're going to do is oftentimes there's a little wooden slat across the top of that that we're going to pry that off and uh, very carefully we're going to take our can of feed and just gently pull it up. Just enough so that we can slide the queen cage out of our package without releasing a lot of the other bees around the edge of that can. And then we're going to carefully put the can back in. So what we've done is we've taken the little queen cage out. And if you notice here, attached to the queen cage is a little aluminum tab. When we take that little aluminum tab and we wrap it around, the top of one of the frames in the center of our hive and we're going to hang that little queen cage down in between a couple of the frames near the center of that uh, of that hive. <clears throat> so once we've got the, uh, the queen cage in there and hanging then we're going to put the other bees in over top that. Now there's one other thing that we want to do and that is if you look carefully, if you inspect the uh, the queen cage, you'll notice it'll have a cork on the bottom. What we'll want to do is carefully pull this cork out of the out of the bottom and immediately hold our thumb over the hole because we don't want to release the queen just yet. Typically when you pick up your packages it's kind of a quirky little thing you'll often notice that the people that are signing out the uh, the packages to you once you pay for them there will be uh, oddly enough a little package of those miniature marshmallows sitting on the table and you know if you just pick up a few of those take one of these little miniature marshmallows and poke it in that hole in place of the cork now essentially what you've done is created created a <clears throat> a sugary candy doorway that the bees are gonna start eating on and they're gonna slowly release the queen rather than just dropping her into that mass of bees. So <clears throat> so you've replaced the cork in the little beak in the little, bee, in the little uh, queen cage with this nice little sugary plug. You're gonna hang that down inside the hive and then come back to your uh, your package. Just gently uh, drop it on the ground or on either on the ground or something fairly hard, and it'll drop all the bees to the bottom <clears throat> and then carefully take out the the sugar water and then very quickly just take that package of bees, turn it upside down, and shake as many of the bees out of that uh, package as you can into that hive right over top of that queen cage and into that big slot that you've uh, created by taking those four frames out. Shake as many of the bees, like I said, down inside there as you can. There'll always be a few still left in the package. And you can just set that container simply right out in front of the hive. And the bees will find their way out and into the hive. Uh, Once you've got all the bees shook out, then go ahead and uh, very carefully take it and just gently set your frames back in the hive so it has a full uh 10 high uh, 10 frames and then very very gently put the lid on and uh depending on how you're going to feed you'll want to you'll want to put a feeder i use feeder buckets and uh, my buckets go over a hole that i've made in the lid of my hives other people use uh frame feeders uh, which are a, a a black plastic feeder that you can put your sugar water in, and it's going to be a one-to-one sugar water, one part water to one part sugar. Um, you're going to want to dissolve that uh, with hot water. Uh, you do not want to boil it. You just simply want to bring your water up to a boiling temperature, turn the burner off, and then add equal parts of, uh, of sugar that you have water. And typically a frame feeder will hold a gallon, gallon and a half of, of this syrup. So so you remember, the, the the bees really have nothing in their refrigerator, as it were, to start with. So, So you're going to want to give them uh, some feed to start with, something that they can eat until things start blooming out and they can go get their own food. And then it also does help to put a, a pollen patty sub, uh, in there as well for them to have the protein to start raising brood right off. So, so, uh, the, the, you've put your feed in there, you've put, uh, your pollen patty, your bees are installed and just quietly close up the hive and just leave the hive alone and just let it be quiet for several days. The bees want to, uh, feel like that's, uh, their new home is safe and you don't want to be just going back every day and, uh, popping open the lid just to see how they're doing. So, so when you, uh, have given them uh, maybe 3 4 days of uh just leave them alone you know you can you can go and just sit and watch them learn their learn how their activity levels are as they come and go so now you're ready for your your initial inspection and then basically the thing that you want to do for an initial inspection is uh want your smoker. Now again, the smoker is not for drowning the hive with smoke. It's just simply a couple little puffs of smoke to uh, drive the bees down into the frames. Um, And basically what the smoke does is it masks the alarm pheromone that they will put off um, when they think that they're being uh, invaded. So it kind of covers that, that message and keeps the bees from uh, get, getting aggressive. <clears throat> so the, the primary thing that you want to do is very carefully remove that queen cage and just make sure that the queen is actually out of it. Um, uh, usually it only takes a day or so for the bees to get the queen out, so you want to remove that queen cage. And the other thing that you're going to check for now very carefully, it is. Once you've pulled that queen cage out, is pull out one of the very first frames that's against the side of the uh, the outside of your box, because that's the least likely frame for the bees to be on, especially the queen, and that will give you room to move the rest of the frames over <clears throat> and to just carefully lift the frames out one at a time. And what you're going to see is drawn comb. And hopefully you'll start seeing that there's actually eggs and uh, maybe even some young larvae in there. And and hopefully you'll be uh, able to see the queen as well. But just that that first inspection that you want to do is just to see that the queen is released, that they're drawing comb and uh, she's laying, and, and you'll also see that they're starting to put some of that uh, sugar syrup, in the cells like they would honey and nectar as well, just so it's right near the bees uh, that are feeding um, uh, the young brood. <clears throat> as far as their uh, different kinds of bees, just figured I'd show you a couple pictures here. Um, and this uh, first picture here is a Carnolian queen. You know how dark she is? Uh, Carnolian Carniolan, excuse me, I always pronounce that wrong. Uh, tend to be very dark bees. Um, you notice the queen in the center there is is slender and she's a lot longer than the other bees. <laughs> and you notice right beside her to the left is a uh, is a drone. Uh, that a drone is a male bee. And uh, so the other uh, typical uh, type of, uh, bee that you'll often find, uh, being advertised out there is an Italian, uh, race of bees. The Italians tend to be very light colored bees. And as you can see from the queen here, she's just very, very light colored. Italians tend to be very good natured bees, good bees to start with as far as beginners go. And, uh, and that's what i started with is two italian packages they're they're just an easy bee to take care of um but uh like i said all the bees that i have right now are wild bees and as you can see from this picture that i took in one of my hives just you look at all the different colors of, uh, of worker bees in just this little picture here. I mean, there's less than you know, two dozen bees there and uh, you've got some carniolan genetics, you've got some Italian genetics. Um, there's, there's German bees, there's Russian bees, there's Africanized bees, although uh, we don't have the Africanized bees up in the Pacific Northwest uh, where I'm from. Uh, but I actually like to see that genetic diversity um, i think that's I think that 's good for our honeybees, as far as what you might see in a hive. I know this picture of uh, <coughs> the the honeycomb is is not the most well organized picture but it's uh it 's got a little bit of everything on it and notice uh, you can see uh, there 's a couple of queen cells there they look like kind of like a peanut just hanging uh, upside down or or hanging down. The queens are a much bigger bee and so they are raised in these uh, queen cells that hang down. If you look right in the center uh, you can see the worker brood that's uh, uh, covered brood and as you can see the, the tops of that worker brood just look fairly flat, just slightly domed. And then over in the corner here you have drone brood that's much more pronounced in bullet shape. And that's uh, because the drones are actually a very large, uh, robust size of a bee compared to the workers. Um, here's a fairly good picture of uh, eggs. Now you might have to really stress your strain your eyes a little bit because your average egg is about the size of a comma on regular uh, eleven or twelve font print on regular notebook paper. <clears throat> uh, eggs are pretty small. And as you can see in the black and white background picture here, my little red arrow is pointing to an egg, whereas the the brown arrow at the top is pointing to a larvae that has just hatched from the egg. And as you can see the larvae is really no bigger than an egg itself. It's just brand new. And then the, uh, the larvae that is uh, uh, right over top, that green arrow, is a larvae that is just about ready to pupate. And by that, I mean the cell the is gonna get covered over. It's, it's, um, it's grown as big as it's going to get uh, as far as being fed. And now it's gonna go from my larvae and it's going to pupate and emerge out of that cell as an adult uh, honeybee. <clears throat> so, as far as the, the the how the bees lay out their uh, their pattern, what they like to do when they're working well and they're working healthy, is this is a very typical brood pattern. What you will see is <clears throat> Oftentimes, the bees will put their brood right in the center, kind of an oval, uh, kind of a, a egg-shaped pattern, as you can see, kind of that oval uh, pattern right in the middle of the frame, uh, has uh, open and uh, capped brood in it, and then if you look right around the outside of that frame, <clears throat> from one side arcing up over to the other side is a... A band of pollen, it's kind of that light yellow, kind of flat yellow-looking um, uh, cells that are filled with pollen. Pollen is the protein source for the, uh, the young larvae. And then outside of that uh, band of pollen is uh, some open and some capped honey. Typically the honey will always be stored above the brood. And uh, and that's what we really, we kind of take advantage of that, is that the bees will always have a natural tendency to put the, uh, the, the extra honey in the top of the hive. So, so that's how we arrange and manage our hives so that the, those extra supers, those medium boxes, get filled with honey as the season goes on. And the queen works herself down towards the bottom of that hive by the end of summer. And uh, that way all that extra honey is is up above. And you also see it in the way the frame is laid out here. Uh, And just another little explanation here is what has happened in the center of that frame. It's a typical brood pattern. But if you'll notice, most of the capped brood has already hatched out of the center of this frame. And now what's going to happen is the the queen is going to come back and start laying a second round as that brood starts hatching out. and She starts laying eggs in the very center of the frame, and so that's going to be... brood that hatches out first and so it's starting to open up there in the center. She's going to come back and start laying a a new batch of uh, larvae or eggs which will turn into larvae uh, in that frame. Let's just go on to the next uh, uh, slide here. Here's a really good pattern of brood and I'll by really good, I mean this is a really nice pattern. Uh, that, that queen is just doing really good. <clears throat> but you'll still notice there are kind of little holes uh, of cells that for some reason didn't get filled. Well, they, they did get filled, but to to try to explain why, you're never going to get 100% complete, solid, um, every cell-filled uh, brood pattern. There's always going to be these little... Um, empty spots here and there and it's nothing to worry about this is what you want to see as a really uh good pattern and uh and and notice the layout too it's it's an oval pattern it's got the honey around the the top and the sides and uh but it but it also at at this point you got to remember as well is this is capped brood that's going to start hatching in a few days? The the capped brood is not brood that's being fed anymore. So the honey that's that you see in this picture is going to be eaten by the the worker bees rather than them feeding the uh, feeding the <coughs> the babies because the babies are pupating at this time and they're not eating anything until they hatch out and become regular worker bees now just uh, to kind of back up a little bit uh, when a worker bee hatches out of its cell the first thing that it does once it gets out of its cell and actually is fed by a nurse bee it will it will turn around and it will go in and it will try to pull most of of the cocoon excuse me, it'll try to pull most of the cocoon that it hatched out of that's still kind of like a little um, thin case inside that cell. It'll try to pull that out and for the most part try to clean the cell that it hatched out of. So the first few hours or or day or so of a bee's life, it uh, is programmed to be a janitor bee. It It cleans... Uh, the hive, it cleans things, r- removes debris from the hive, and after a few days it will switch duties and it will become a nurse bee. Uh, and it might be a nurse bee for a few days and then it will switch a task again to uh, maybe um, what's what we call a receiver bee. Uh, bees that receive uh, nectar and pollen from incoming field bees. So the the jobs that honey bees do are done according to the age of the bee. So uh, some bees, after a certain amount of time, become wax producers. Uh, other bees become part of the queen retinue, which takes care of the queen. Uh, all the queen does is she spends her whole day doing nothing but laying eggs. And so she's fed. Uh, and she's attended to by all the bees that just will gather around her and see that uh, she's taken care of as she lays her eggs. One of the the last few duties that the bees have is they become, they become guard bees, They're hanging around the entrance of the hive, and then at last they become field bees and they start actually leaving and exploring out away from the hive and bringing in nectar and pollen uh, to the hive and then handing that off to a bee that's going to to take that from them so they can turn around and go right back out to to gather more stores. It, it would be inefficient for a field bee to have to put away its own groceries. So they simply just come into the hive and dump off their nectar to another bee that's going to uh, put it away. And the same thing with the pollen. So... And I think that's about our time. Uh, there are a couple of things. Oh, there's, yeah, the one thing I did want to mention, uh, just because the question comes up, is uh, how, how old do bees live? How long do they live? And uh, the, the average worker bee, which is a female bee, um a a worker bee will live approximately 6 to 8 weeks during the summer and uh the the drones they will live until um typically they mate uh drones will only mate once and then they die uh queens are actually capable of living uh, a number of years um 3 4 Five years, although her productivity goes down quite a bit after a few years, typically the hive uh, will have a tendency to want to replace her after a few years when her productivity starts going down. But as far as the, the worker bee, which like I said is a female bee, but in the presence of the queen's pheromones, her reproductive system is suppressed and it's undeveloped. So once, once a worker bee, a worker bee becomes a, a field bee, basically she will fly uh, these foraging missions until basically she wears her wings off. That, uh, that's typically how things go if the hive is healthy and doesn't have disease issues is she will just fly uh, just literally hundreds of miles back and forth uh, Until her wings just get so tattered that she really can't fly anymore. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a sad ending. But something to think about is a teaspoon of honey is the life work of 12 bees. So think about that as you're spooning honey onto whatever it is that is your favorite thing to eat with honey. It takes a lot of work for those bees to produce that honey. So, uh, I think we'll go ahead and pause uh, for part number two, and uh, which is coming up next. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www. Dot audioverse.org.